on a lease or like had a job with like taxes on it in like 14 years maybe wow nice yeah. <laughs> you've avoided it that long that's awesome that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took like effort to get off the road you were on the road long enough and like it just becomes the easiest thing in the world to do yeah it's just that's your reality that's life <laughs> so um all right, I want to start just talking about Rainbow. I want to ask you a question. I ask a lot of the people on the show, what brought you to your first gathering? Um, so do you count like um Rainbow uh, drum circles as a gathering, or? Sure, if that's uh in your heart, your first one, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's my first exposure to like people saying this is a Rainbow thing or whatever. Yeah, well, um, that's what brought you, right? So yeah, sounds like the correct yeah. answer to me. <laughs> Um, so in La Jolla, uh, San Diego, the Black Beach Drum Circle was probably the first rainbow event that I ever attended. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like at the bottom of a cliff, but it's, it's almost like a two-mile hike. You're zigzagging back across the cliff, and um, then you're at the beach. There's no uh, road access to the beach, so the cops can't really roll up on you, and nice. hundreds of people rage every moment. I think I've heard of that. I've never attended myself. How did you find out about it? Uh, I lived in San Diego for a couple of years on and off, and you just like eventually learned about all the biggest parties in town. Like you do, like one does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at this drum circle, that's when you found out about this uh, rainbow thing. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> this glorified potluck that we do in the woods. I didn't understand, like, what the hell rain Rainbow was or whatever, um, or why they were calling it that. And eventually I met somebody who was passing out flyers for an Arizona uh, 420 gathering, I think. And um, so that was uh, my first introduction to the idea that this isn't just a Southern California thing. Like, they do it elsewhere. So what was your first gathering after that? I think... Probably the New Mexico Nationals, and I think it's 2008, or it might be 2009. Yeah, I think um, 2008 sounds about right. One of those two. Yeah. <laughs> Usually we have our rainbow encyclopedia around, but we don't have him today. <laughs> oh, yeah, where's Finch? Oh, you know, just doing other stuff. I think he's working today. Finch stuff, hang on. <laughs> It's the girls' show today, right? It's me and my friend Phoebe. <laughs> um, how would you describe a rainbow gathering to someone who's never been? Um, um, like kind of like chaos, but also organization. Um, lots of good food. Probably good pot. Um. And some really nice people, some really crazy people, and probably some meanness walking around talking to trees. <laughs> Don't talk about me like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, and the setting is like tends to be a national forest and um, usually very, very beautiful places, sometimes not easily livable. Like I remember um, the Montana National, which is around when I met you, but it's 
snowed on summer solstice. Oh, yeah, I was there. I made pancakes in the snow. And, like, a lot of people who are from places where it doesn't snow are, like, too cold to move. And I'm like, this is this snow bunny's time to shine. <laughs> like, made coffee and pancakes. And I'm like, y'all are pussies. <laughs> But it was like it, the first time in my life that I've ever experienced, hey, first day of summer, here's two inches of snow on the ground. Oh, yeah. You know what was remarkable to me was I, I noticed that there was these flowers, and then after it snowed, the flowers were still there. And I just know, like, usually a frost will kill them. And I'm like, these are some resilient flowers. <laughs> Don't yeah, mind Montana the crazy, crazy Montana weather. Yeah, Montana is tough as shit. Yeah, I definitely, I woke up with my tent collapsed on me from the snow. It wasn't even my tent, it was a tent someone was letting me squat in because they were, <laughs> they were in town. <laughs> yep, I remember, um, so, wait, I camped up by, um, Shining Light that year. I don't know if you were anywhere near. I actually was, I was in between Shining Light and, uh, Magic, uh, Bowl, Magic Bowl, uh -huh. they were calling it at that gathering. Okay, yeah, I have an idea of where that was, I guess. Yeah. Well, I was kind of just floating around, but that's where the abandoned tent was. <laughs> I was squatting in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> after I wasn't, uh, uh, after the cops found out people were in the um, cabin. I don't know who those people were in those cabins, but that's what they told me. And then I was like, oh, shit, I need to find somewhere else to sleep. Not that I knew who was there. Um, yeah. I think there were, there were like abandoned mines there. That yeah, yeah, I saw them. That's where I saw a bunch of undercover cops roll in. It was crazy. So I drove up into that, that section of the forest once, and I had a huge rock thrown at me by this crazy dude who had, like, I think he drove up with us from Boulder, and, um, and yeah, he drove up with us from Boulder, and then he just, like, totally flipped down on me and tried to throw a rock at my car. Like, when I say rock, it's like a volleyball size rock. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, taking the wing nuttery a step away from, a step further from talking to trees. <laughs> yeah. It's not Throwing rocks. Oh, cool. <laughs> but, um, like, that's not how you stack rocks, that. brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him at a gathering after. Huh. Well, that's probably good, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Don't feel like you take crawling. Yeah. So tell us about this project you've been working on. Uh, oh, your okay. comic so books. I'm here, I'm here tonight to promote a Halloween anthology comic book called Thirteenth Moon, and it is seven stories, fifty-two pages, and a really, really cool team that has been working with me almost all year and. Uh, we're trying to raise $2,400 on Kickstarter.com. You can go to Kickstarter and look up 13th Moon Halloween Anthology. Um, Kickstarter.com, look up Halloween Anthology. 13th Moon Halloween Anthology. Okay, 13th Moon Halloween yeah. Anthology. Kickstarter.com. Yeah. And I think we were up to like $1,000 and $1,044 when I called you to get on the show. Awesome. But you yeah, still have a long like way to go. And we need to raise like $1,400 more. Well. Uh, can you give us a little uh, a little taste of what it's about? Get us interested? Oh my god. 
it is so much fun. Actually, so there's like four, like I said, um, seven different stories. And so some of them are four pages long, and I think three or four of them are four pages long. One of them is a single page long. Um, but the main story is the cover story. Um, and it is about Lucy, who is one of the devil's daughters. And she has been locked in hell for forever. And she kind of finds a way to escape and teams up with this heavy metal band. And um, it's really, really good. Uh, she's a guitarist herself. And that one is actually a comedy book. Um, the, the rest of the other six tales are more like horror, morbid kind of stories. But Lucy and the Doombringers, that cover story, is really, really funny. Um, and so, okay, uh, Chris McCauley, who colored, I think, at least half of the book, um, he is an Irishman who lives in Canada these days. He's probably the most um, experienced professional comic book uh, artist that I work with on my one, two, three, young publications team. Uh, he he's done coloring for 2000 AD. He's done some coloring for Marvel. He's worked with uh, what's his name, Todd McFarlane. He's definitely more experienced with um, the professional end of comic book industry than I am personally. But um, so he has a story that's called Dracula, Lord of the Future, and it is because Chris made an arrangement with um. If I'm pronouncing this right, it's Dacre, D-A-C-R-E, um, Stoker, who is the uh, heir to the Stoker estate, from what I understand, and controls um, the, the remaining of Bram Stoker's work, and I think negotiates probably movies and books or what, whatever. Um, their their family is uh, right to some claim whenever someone's using Dracula's name. Well, Chris negotiated a contract with that guy, who's wow. apparently really cool. And our Dracula is canon for, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So, I mean, I know it's generations later, but, like, our Dracula is the Dracula. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. It's a cool piece of um, history. <laughs> um, Chris, oh, yeah, I didn't even know until Chris told me this that Bram Stoker was an Irishman. And uh, I learned more about his history and his writing and from from knowing Chris. Um, Chris is also a mason and just like worked very, very hard and knows all sorts of weird shit that I would have never imagined. Is there a a place that we can see some of his artwork, like online or something? Yeah, if you went to the Kickstarter you could see that. Um also I think if you just Googled him maybe, um I don't know where to um on my Instagram has some of some of it there. Um, on one two three go publications on Instagram. One two three go publications on yep. Instagram. Yep, that's me and my comic book. And okay. I know some of Chris's work is up there. Um, I think only one Dracula painting. So is it uh, is it in bad form to ask you to give us a piece of the story, like to read some of it, or would you rather just wait? So I'm actually just adding the letters to that one tonight. I was working on that while you and me were messaging about um doing the show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see how it turns out for sure. That particular story I'm saying I was doing the letters on. I have mostly other ones done. Um, like if I sent you a 
something through the internet right now. Can you post it somewhere? Uh, yeah, I could, I could post, I could post a, uh, like a link to it on a, a Facebook post when I put up the show. Oh, all right. Maybe. Yeah, no, I could, or I could like right now. Promo <laughs> images and stuff. Cool. Um, How long yeah. have you been uh, writing comic books? Um, all right. So I probably first started when I was like ten, maybe. <laughs> and that comic book I drew myself and maybe did five pages on. Um, but I didn't start doing it seriously again until like five years. Mm. What are what are your uh what what's one of your favorite comic books that you you've been working on other than the one you're working on now? Um, okay, my favorite I think is Trouble, um, and it's like a comedy action one, and she is in the 2450s, and she is a retired marine who just wants to relax to work on her team, and because she. Her ex-boyfriend is a local police sergeant. She always gets pulled into um, cleaning up after his inability to stop this crime wave. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and the first five, and then it's five issue limited series that we're doing about is about her versus like these crazy giant robotic dwarfs. How many? How many issues are there of that story so far? There, there will be five so far. Only the first one is out. Oh. I'm and is that to... is that an ongoing project? Like um yeah. Cool. Yes. Um so we're working on issue two of that right now. And we have um that's actually that one will have a um story within a story in it. And uh it is like she in the issue number two will be at a comic convention and she picks up a copy of her favorite comic book. And then the next four pages are pages from within that comic book. So you're like, with the comic in your hand, you're like, they're holding the comic book. Very meta. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and her um, her favorite comic book is called Okomaru Sakino. And that um, is purple, what does it mean? Like troublesome pur purple or mischievous purple in um, in Japanese, Nihongo. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, she's just this mischievous purple kitty, and she lives with a Zen temple, and it's kind of funny. Yeah. I hope so. I think. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like fun. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I meant to ask, so is that Pam doing, like, the Bjork sister stuff up top? Yes, it is. Yeah, during our breaker. It's good to hear her voice. She loves her Bjork impression. <laughs> she works it into her stand up, but she thinks it doesn't work, but it's it all depends on who the audience is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when no, no one and when no one laughs at it, she blames it on their age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too well, young to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a few years of her. I'm closer to her than you used to her. Yeah, she just had a birthday. She just had her birthday celebration here. Yeah. Happy birthday, Pam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for if any of my friends are listening, um, I have done stand up comedy with these ladies at their birthday party before. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was I was thinking about like uh digging into the old uh happy hours and trying to find which one that we were both on. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, here at the um here at Mutiny. At the 
Yeah, no shit. Yeah, we did, like, around this time last year, I think, or, like, around March last year or something. Um, not last um, year. I don't know. April. You know, COVID is really messing with my mind. <laughs> yeah, April no, no, 2018 no. or 2019? <laughs> April 2019, I think you did. Yes, it was April 2019. Happy, happy hour. Happy <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if, if it, <laughs> like, maybe I could play you out with the, I haven't found it yet, but I <laughs> we have I access I to it. I think I had a good clip there, to be honest, um, if I remember correctly. I don't think I really yeah. Well, it's easy to feel like you bomb here because the comedians don't really like react to other comedians, and then and most most of the audience is online listening. You know, yeah, I guess no, it prepares us for Zoom shows in a way. What were you saying? I'm saying, and it is just twelve comedians jammed in a tiny, tiny room. Like, there's no other audience. Yeah. Well, now because of COVID, we've been doing outdoor shows. The neighbors actually came and they um, asked, one of the neighbors asked us to do some kind of show, like, and you know, in the midst of the COVID because they wanted entertainment. So we found a, like, a safe way to do it with, like, mic condoms. And if you, you know, you bring your own mic if you have it. And all the audience is just standing around on the street far away from each other. And we didn't really promote it, it was just for the people in the neighborhood. You know, right. so it uh it actually in a way the mics were a lot better because there was an actual audience and they wanted to be entertained and it was really cool because they would like uh they'll sit in their cars or like look through the window or sit on their porch. So did, did anybody ever try the microphone approach during that point in COVID? What do you mean the microphone approach? Oh, I mean megaphone. Oh, megaphone. Uh, you know I'm not sure. Um. Uh, I think, like, if everyone has their own megaphone, a lot of outdoor open mics could be cool. Yeah, if everyone has it. Yeah, that makes sense. We, we've we just been, like, you know, because there has been, like, you know, like, I'm a swag hippie that um does <laughs> still goes to open mics in the park now that they start. But we take precautions, like, uh, like, mic covers and hand sanitizer. I found out spraying Lysol on the mic doesn't really work because you can't really hear the person <laughs> in the first few minutes. But, you know, some people bring their own. And, like, you know, everyone's socially distant in the park. And, like, so when you're using that microphone with a mic condom on it, do you wear a mask, too? I was. I, yeah, I do. I should say, rather. And then, you know, I have to make bits about wearing the mask because I'm wearing one. Well, one person came up to me after the show uh, here and said, like, complimented me. Like, he, he has seen, like, most of my stuff because I was doing the show here a while. And he said that I had the ability to show expression even with my mask on. Mm. And, cap and, like, he re really didn't see that with many people. But for me, like... You know, it didn't matter that I was wearing a mask. And I was like, yeah, wow, no. I didn't even think that people, you know, were no, you know what I mean? I didn't even think about, like, he said it was hard because, you know, people really need to see facial, resp you know, facial. Yeah, no, you got to use your, um, your eyebrows and your, your, whole, your whole forehead and a little bit of scrunching your nose from side to side. Yeah. Yeah. Expression <laughs> is different with a mask on, for sure. Yeah, and especially because I wear glasses, so I start talking, and then my glasses fog up, and then I have to put it on the top of my face, and then I'm like, wow, wearing this mask is making me touch my face twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, we're also like talking about COVID like almost over the past tense, but it is still killing like a thousand. People. Oh yeah, so it's still really real. I'm you know trying to keep up with like being you know the healthy the health uh, procedures of trying to safely still do share mics with people, but I feel like here in the Bay at least. Um, a lot of the comics that have still been doing open mics are just the same people. So in a way, we've like made our own COVID pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean I, I, you know, I still try to wear a mask and put con- like. There's been different tactics. It's interesting. Like, um, people put plastic bags over. Uh, like I did an outdoor show where that was the procedure. Everyone grabbed their own plastic bag. You had to have a mask on, and then you can still hear people through the plastic bag, but. Some people need to learn to project. I think they need to go to gatherings. So you make announcements in the woods. You learn how to raise your voice for <laughs> for people. So the plastic bag is the mic stand in that instance. In that sense, yeah. And then plastic gloves, and then actual like mic covers. That's what we hear have here at uh, Mutiny. Uh, somebody donated a bunch of mic covers, so everybody just like grabs their own one you know so we try not to do that and if you the smart thing is to bring your own mic like i'm doing a show in pacifica and thursday and that was a requirement was like you have to have your own mic and a lot of shows are like making people get covid tested before they even come and like prove that um what about like the asshole who's sneezing in the audience though he didn't get covid tested what about the what in the audience the asshole who's sneezing in the audience. I bet he didn't get COVID tested. Yeah, well, that's why we, everyone has to be socially distant that, um, uh, you know, watches the show. It's It's been well, really interesting to see, like, the the adaptations that we've been doing. Like, there, there's a comedy club that just opened. Well, the grand opening is going to be soon, but they had some pre-shows in Alameda. And uh, they started building it before, you know, this pandemic like really took effect in in the states, you know, and uh, so they had to reevaluate the way that they did everything. So they created an outdoor space where all the tables were six feet apart, and they can do an outdoor show, like before they even finish the inside, so that you know to try to adapt. Uh, I, I I got to go to one of the shows. It was really um, cool. It was really interesting uh, to say the least. And they t- check everyone's temperature before the door. Um, before they walk in. But man, what a what a hard time to start a business, especially when your business is like getting people together <laughs> in a room. Yeah, no socialization. Yeah. And then all the other shows that have been happening are just um for a long time there wasn't there was only to go. They were encouraging us to take alcohol, drink it on the street instead of <laughs> instead um, of in the bar. Right. Of course, you can't go in. And uh, so they started building parklets, parklets to you know that to, to serve to still be able to serve people, but you have to serve food if you're if if to even o- so like bars that have never served food before are starting to serve food just so they can stay open and have these parklets open. And there's been some um, there's been some shows at those. Like there's one down the street here that Pam puts together at Asiento, and uh, there's one on the the milk bars doing doing some too man eric at the milk bar has always been so kind to the comedian in the com- the comedy commu- community here so shout out to eric <laughs> the milk bar but it's I just 
It, and it's such a big, there's it, it's a big contested thing too, because there's so many people that it, it's it kind of like rainbow gatherings. It's like a lot of people chose not to gather this year. They chose not to expose themselves, but you can't stop everybody. So there's a lot of comedians that are like, oh, doing outdoor shows is wrong. Like doing an open mic in the park is wrong. Like I'm going to stay here. You guys like shame on you guys for even doing that. And then other people are like, are you telling me I can't go to the park, dude? <laughs> like, there's already people in the park. <laughs> like, you know, so it's it's been a... It's it's like the new comedy war. There you, there was a comedy civil war. This is the new comedy civil war. Wow, yeah. There's always got to be something controversial going on in a comedian scene. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I see a lot of mirrors of uh, rainbow and, and comedy. Hey, Rose, do you want to cue another song? Yeah, sure. All right, I got a... This is... What, Lilikai? Is that how you say? 47? Uh, Oh, uh, uh, Lakele 47. Lakele 47, Miss Me. I'll get that started. Word, thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, that was. How did you say pronounce again? <laughs> yeah, we'll be back with our special guest in just, uh, I want to say, 45 seconds or less. Or your money back. That's for sure. All right. So what were you saying uh, about the song? Okay, so yeah, that was Michaela 47. Um, and that is an artist who our mutual friend Kamali introduced me to. Um, Kamali introduced me to a lot of cool female rap artists and trap artists that I would have never listened to except for Kamali's exquisite taste in rap. She has exquisite taste in most everything. <laughs> Food, music, the company she keeps. What an amazing mm. person. Uh, the company they keep. Yeah, Kamali identifies as gay. Yeah. I'm um, glad I caught myself. <laughs> Too late, but I try. No, it's supporting and loving our friends is important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Kamali's um, taste in rap music is exquisite. Maybe it's because they're from Philly. <laughs> Perhaps that could be part of it. Uh, so shout out to Kamali if they're listening. <laughs> yeah. Happy for them and Joel and the whole family. I know they just got a new house, but they're all settled into it. Yeah, what a what a lovely family. <laughs> I'm glad they're yeah. part of our family. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you picked the you picked the entire playlist today, and I'm excited to hear what other um, jams you have later on yep. in the show. These are some of my songs. Okay, so the first one, um, Big Moon, Your Life. Um, that's kind of been my jam for like two weeks now. They are, um, I'm just listening a little bit to the band uh, as far as other tracks of theirs. But since it's 13th Moon and the band is your uh, Big Moon, I figured that's a good synchronicity for me. So among the many things, uh, the many talents of... Phoebe Xavier, uh, one of them, you're also an MC, hmm. right? Is I that correct? I, I, I did some research, <laughs> and by research, <laughs> I mean talking to you. <laughs> but yeah, if you did the research, like, I've rapped for you, like, 20 uh, times at least. Yeah. Um, how long How long were you doing that? What got, what got you into, what, what was your passion for rapping? I guess as a kid, I listened to a lot of rap music uh, in probably like from sixth grade to ninth grade is when I got most into rap over other things. But I was really into Tribe Called Quest back then. And um, friends of mine, like I went to a suburban high school outside of Philadelphia. And um, friends of mine came and we, we would patch around like mixtapes and dub tapes of uh, different hip hop shit that like, it was, um, it was the cool, like, underground, it was almost like punk to be a white kid into hip-hop at that stage in my life. <laughs> um, and so I got into rap back then, and I started rapping maybe in, like, 1998. Yeah, hip-hop is punk as fuck, I think. 
Yeah, no, a lot of it, uh, aspects of hip-hop are punkish stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> being rebellious and anti-conforming. But that's, that's a certain level of hip-hop because then later on, the last 20 years of hip-hop have been a whole lot of like, hey, do this, like, dress this particular way and act this particular way to fit the norm or whatever. Um, but I think old-school hip-hop is ill as shit, and that's probably what inspired me to start rapping. Do you have a, a like a, a really fond tour memory from your rapping days? Okay, okay. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a million memories, obviously. <laughs> but, um, so there was a time, though, that we were doing a um, an open mic. I think it was like an uh, open, what is it called, mixed mic, where it's like musicians, comedians, and everything. Yeah. And so we were doing an open mic, mixed mic in Phoenix, Arizona. We had traveled there from San Diego, and I forget... Um, how many gigs we were in town or what the hell, where we, where we were staying. But I just remember that when they called me to the stage, um, getting around all the tables to get to the stage seemed, like, way too difficult. So I ran down, like, this adjacent hallway where, like, there were, like, shutters that opened up onto the stage and was like, oh, I'll just pop out through there. <laughs> and, like, as I, as I went through the shutters onto the stage, I think, like, I almost knocked over a speaker, but then just fell and, like, tore my pants and skinned my leg, but then, like, spun around and somehow didn't fall over and stood up just in time to grab the mic from the host. It was just like, hey, that's a little trick I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ta-da. Oh, my God. I, all right, so I did the same thing this week at work almost um, with the, like, playing it off as if it was on purpose. I was standing there at the host sandwich, and a fucking squirrel jumped on my shoulder. From, Whoa! From like, from, like, dude, six feet, six feet! Yeah, I know, exactly. But from somewhere above me, a squirrel decided my shoulder was the next branch it needed to hop onto before it hit the ground. <laughs> and yeah, and so, and this is in front of our whole restaurant. Like, so, like, 80 people saw this happen, and there was, like, a murmur of, like, shock and amazement. And I knew, like, they were all just going to be staring at me for the next three minutes if I didn't do something. So I just turned around and curtsied. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> it worked! It worked! Um, Pam Benjamin just walked in. Hey, Pam, I just want to let you know that Phoebe digs your Bjork impression. <laughs> Bjork sister. Bjork sister. Bjork. Yeah, yeah, Bjork's sister. <laughs> Uh, from the breaker. <laughs> but yeah, so now um, I like um, I like shit like that when shit sort of goes wrong, but like it, it somehow stays. Um, I remember there was a time in um, Fort Worth that we were performing with imaginary friends and somebody else. Oh, um, Molly, my friend Bob Perryman. But um, this one band, like, I think their equipment wasn't working. The sound wasn't working. So somebody grabbed one. Oh, so, yeah, the turntable for the band that was about to go on wasn't working. So somebody grabbed the microphone and started beatboxing. And then I just got up there, and then I rapped for, like, two or three minutes. I had already performed, I think. But I rapped, like, two or three minutes of shit um, from a different song. 
that we hadn't performed. I'm sure, like, Steve, the moment of, like, oh, they fixed the equipment in the three minutes that you gave us to, like, not think about how the whole show was fucked up. Yeah. Um, the I show must go on. Live performance is a whole bunch of that. Like, having everything fall apart, but then somehow taping it all back together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> live entertainment you know it's the difference between theater and cinema cinema you just you you portray the things that you capture perfectly but live entertainment is like oh we gotta roll with the microphones off so now i'm gonna yell uh jokes yeah. <laughs> you don't get like six or seven seconds to like be like all right let's do this instead and let me just pause and be horrified it's like no you better be entertaining if you're being horrified be entertainingly horrified <laughs> that describes your comedy pretty well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so um You've also you've done a lot of interviews with with uh, inter different entertainers. I have our, our our mutual friend Vermin Supreme. I did an interview with him. Yeah, yeah. You asked him about Nick at Night, right? Yeah. Well, he was part of Nick at Night for like, yeah. a gathering. <laughs> for like one gathering, yeah. <laughs> I, at that gathering, I didn't even smoke cigarettes, but I got one from uh, <laughs> I got one from Vermin, who also doesn't smoke cigarettes, but. Like, I just remember the way that I met him was like so nonchalant. He'd help us cook. He'd hop in on my kitchen and like help me cook this dinner. And then like <clears throat> after he helped and ate some and was walking away, Finch was like, oh, peace, Vermin. And I was like, hey, don't call that guy Vermin. He was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Finch was like, nah, dude, that's Vermin Supreme. Like, what? That's, that's his Vermin? legal name. <laughs> Vermin <laughs> loves Supreme. <laughs> Well, without the boot, I just didn't recognize him. He was just a nice guy. Right? Yeah, that boot really transforms everything. <laughs> I was at the Republican National Convention, and before he put the boot on, no one said anything. He puts the boot on, and some random guy looks at me and goes, oh, my God, is, is that Vermin Supreme? And I was like, yes, you should go over and talk to him because he loves being recognized. <laughs> He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, go talk to him. And he was so excited. And I can see, like, you know, I can see Vermin's face light up, too. Like, well, yes, I am the Vermin Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's a really, really fun dude. Um, I, I think that interview is still up on YouTube that I did with him. Um, one, of the, one of the other, like, biggest crazy, um, like, uh, semi-famous or globally famous people that I got to interview would be Noam Chomsky. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, wow. that one's on YouTube, too. And, but yeah, I got to interview Chomsky. Wow. So, of, like, underground rap stars and stuff like that. What, what's a highlight from interviewing Noam Chomsky? Um, he had a really weird response to um, what I had to say about 9-11. <laughs> his response was like, "If 9/11 was fake, then they should have blamed um, they should have blamed Iraq, not the Saudis." And I, I think, and I saw that as a really weird, like, non-answer kind of. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like what I always say: if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, we should have invade Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Iraq. Oh, I fucked it up. I fucked up the joke. But. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. What was the question you asked him? 
Um, I forget exactly. I was a complete smartass about the way I asked him questions. It was like um, uh, I said something about the Osama bin Laden. Um, Osama bin Laden, because it was after I think uh, right after uh, Obama had raided OBL and OBL was dead or whatever. So I think I said something about like the um, the scout that his beard was dyed and he had a porn collection. So where was his dialysis, dialysis machine? Was it hidden under the porn collection or something? <laughs> and, yeah, and like he took. I don't remember if that's a specific question that he um, responded in that way to, but he was very, very fun in general. Like, he, he rolled with the punches of what I was doing. I asked him if it, because my season, you know, was professional anarchy, so I asked him if he had difference with Dr. Dre and, and myself. Like, he would do space titles while he's a real doctor or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he totally made me the go He was like, no, 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 call yourself whatever you like. I think it's great. <laughs> That's very funny. for Dr. Dre via Tom So, of the underground rappers that you've uh, interviewed, what what were some of the highlights? Oh, um, okay. Two of the people. I only need maybe like three or four interviews here. Um, Open Mike Eagle was a really fun interview. Um. We, uh, my friend Christine, who went to the show with me that I was interviewing him at, um, she got to sit down on it. So that was really cool. Was that like a friend of mine who was driving me to the show, like got to also meet the dude that I was meeting more for like a business sort of sense. Um, she gets and she's like awesome, starstruck, but a huge fan of all these underground hip hop people. Um, and that show actually we met. Um, only for like two or three seconds, but I met Hannibal Burris at that show. Oh, cool. I got invited to the, the guy responsible for who, why Cosby's in jail. What's that? Hannibal Burris. Uh, he, he, you know, he started a catalyst that ended up with Cosby being, that's a different subject, but that's really cool that you met him. Oh, Bill Cosby? Yeah. No, yeah. I remember that he was the impetus to start that whole ball rolling. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy, like, um, how comedians and comedy can really affect what's going on in the world like we don't really think about we're like telling jokes but it's, you know yeah. people um, like hannibal and sasha baron cohen and um yeah <laughs> oh, oh dude there's a borat sequel coming oh yeah i know i'm, I'm, I'm excited about it i'm a i'm a big okay. fan <laughs> i'm not really a fan of borat specifically but just what sasha baron cohen's able to do using humor in his um yeah it's like wow you really can um you know when when you when you shed light to heinous things in a humorous way you can like reach a broader perspective people aren't like as defensive you know they're like whoa that's what's like that guy really thinks like that i don't really want him in office <laughs> yeah his tv show about like america exposed or whatever yeah who is america that was really good so brilliant it's uh, scary because it's, it's like real people that really think that way. Yeah, he just exposes people for who they are using humor, and then like shit changes. Like people get voted out of office. Like it's amazing. Yeah, that's powerful. Yep, that is absolutely powerful. <laughs> I know you're just like, and then I met Hannibal, and I went on this big tangent, <laughs> like yeah, how I really like cool. comedy can change the world. I was actually just listening to a podcast about um. 
Oh, um, what is his name? Silvio, Bull, the prime minister of Italy. Not the okay. current one, but uh, the 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 like billionaire that had a bunch of uh was like really corrupt. Like people were wondering where he got. He owned all these TVs and all this media, so he like was able to just portray himself as like you know like how perfect he is. But there was another media channel where like a comedian on his show had an interview with a journalist who was like where is this money coming from and like started to take him down and you know they lost their job but it was like another example of like wow look this comedian <laughs> who's just like let's have on this guest like really like was able to shed light to like look what's really going on in these corrupt politics okay similar um or or, or a parallel that i want to draw attention to and maybe it's not comedians um, that expose this or whatever, but, okay, do you know who Mark Barnett is? Uh, no. He's the guy, guy who uh, produced and created The Apprentice. Oh. Um, I believe that is a show that the, um, the Cheeto, Cheetolini um, POTUS guy was once mm -hmm. starring on, right? That show, The Apprentice? Well, <clears throat> Mark Barnett had spent the two years before he launched The Apprentice uh, in talks with Putin, because he wanted to do a reality TV show about Putin. Putin strung him along for two years about maybe making this uh, TV show with Barnett, until finally he decided, no, I don't want to do this show, but I have this great idea where you go to America, back to America, and make a TV show, and make it look like Donald Trump is a billionaire, even though we know he's like $4 million in debt. <laughs> and so for 10 years, at Putin's command, Mark Barnett helped trust, trust wash and like sort of billionaire wash, it tricked all these Americans into thinking, oh, he's a successful fucking CEO. He has a billion dollars because he says he's a billionaire. No, he's not a fucking billionaire. He's $400 million in debt to the fucking Russian mafia state. So, yep, sidebar, whatever. TV set, got her too oh, it's, it's all the same social. It, it's not too much of a sidebar. It really is all the same social circle. Like, um, like Putin was a part of these like sex parties that this this um the italian uh, what is his name silvino right. i need, just need to look it up because i don't I feel like i'm gonna butcher his name I, it's like something with a d right yeah but belvini yeah, silvino I, I know what you're talking about, but i also wouldn't try to sing it like pronounce it without reading it and like listening to the google <laughs> yeah i know google? i just suck at pronouncing people's names <laughs> I've known you for so long, and I was so like, wait a minute, am I pronouncing your name right? <laughs> well, that was the funny thing about doing open mics. It would be like the third time that I've done someone's mic, and they still say my name as um, Xavier, CB Xavier, instead of Xavier. And you're like, all right, so I make it a point to say my name at the beginning and the end of each set in front of you, so you can politely maybe adjust to pronouncing my name right. Oh. Or, or, or don't, you know, or don't. <laughs> it, it's pretty rare that people mispronounce my name, but whenever it happens, I just, like, keep going. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to waste, like, 30 <laughs> seconds of my time up here. <laughs> like, correct. Like, yeah, I <laughs> But, I mean, anytime it happens, I'm like, I guess it's my turn to get my name mispronounced. It doesn't really happen very often. 
for me, I think it's just funny to hear people call you Rachel when, like, I call you Rach. And I think once or twice that I called you Rachel and felt weird in my mouth. And so oh, dude, I know what you mean. So I, uh, when I was at Burning Man, actually, uh, I was doing an open mic with uh they they let let you go to center camp and do an open mic there but you have to sign up really early and they you they give you a whole hour you know because it's for anybody it's mostly you know like musicians or like storytellers and stuff um so me and jai uh from roadkill cafe like he's a musician and uh, you know i'm a comedian so we were like, well, if we do this in tandem, we can fill a whole hour. So we like put, we were like, put. He's like, what should our name be? And you know, like Jai and um, Professor was there, and they've known me as Roach for years and years. And I was like, okay, well, my stage name is Rachel Penson. And both of them at the same time were like, that's your real name. <laughs> I'm like, yes, but it's also my stage name. <laughs> we went with the name Jai Love and Jokes. And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is Jai Love. I'm the joke. Ha <laughs> ha. But it was a, it was like one of my favorite like performances, really. Like, just... I think of Rachel Pinsett as her stage name, too, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The world is a stage, and I was born with this stage name. <laughs> for sure. It's a roach for short, you know? <laughs> I, I'm Phoebe Xavier, and I endorse this stuff. <laughs> It's not my dead name. It's my stage name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just on the bill. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> we were talking about your... Well, we got... Uh, we did, <laughs> The conversation it's got derailed so a little good. bit in a good way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about uh, the people that you've interviewed... So if people want to um, hear, you said they were on YouTube. So if people want to hear some of the interviews that you've done, um, where can they find them? Okay, so, um, yeah, I think both the Berman Supreme interview and the Noam Chomsky interview are both on YouTube. I think the Noam Chomsky interview is listed as Professor Anarchy versus Professor Chomsky. And I think that the Berman Supreme one might be similarly, no, it's Planet Phoebe, hashtag Planet Phoebe. Berman Supreme is what you would search for that one. Also, other interviews that I've done are on urbanvacancypress.com or .net. Is um, that, uh, what was that called? Urban what? Urban Vacancy Press. And I'm going to pull it up on my own computer right now to give you the co- correct URL. Okay. So that's uh, that's who, who you were doing these interviews for? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, uh, that was my next question. <laughs> It is a young woman named Hope Alvarez, and she runs it out of, I think, um, Austin or Dallas. But I had to leave the, that writing team because she changed the, the publication to be um, strictly about Texas, whereas when I wrote for her, it was about any music anywhere in America. Oh, and then she was like, nope, Texas is the Lone Star. We don't need those other we don't yeah. need those other musicians in those other places. <laughs> well, I think um, it, um, managing the workload and having as many free, uh, freelance people as me offering work to her that she was like, well, let's do it if you're in Texas. I don't want to tackle 48 states of people just submitting. Um, okay, it's urbanvacancypress.com for sure. 
urbanvacancypress.com? Yeah, and if you search by Phoebe or Planet Phoebe, um, you should be able to find four or five articles by me. Yeah, articles of interviews. Then also you can find them on YouTube. Sorry. Is there like a specific I, I, YouTube I channel? I, hold on. I think I put her name. It's Faith Alvarez. And forgive me, Faith, because um, those, those names are similar. Sorry. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to get your your messages out there <laughs> for the listeners out in Mutiny Radio Land and all the rainbows yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, definitely Google urbanvacancypress.com because we have a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, I, um, I want you to also go to kickstarter.com and look up 13th Moon Halloween Anthology and chip in a few dollars if you can. Yeah, definitely. And I'll make sure, like, at the end of the show, we'll plug it back in. Yeah, so people have a, have a chance to write that information down. You called into the first show. You called into the first Always Free show. I called into the first one ever? Yeah, you did. Oh, I didn't know that was the first one. That was the first one ever. It was funny because I was, like, uh, trying to figure out how I'm going to do this show. So I was just reading an article live, which I found later it's easier to record them before but so i'm like reading an article and um the phone number for the first show got spammed to a lot of people so it was just like i kept like getting the 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 reading kept getting interrupted with calls which i thought was great because i feel like you know like a live person talking like you know i can always read from a book or an article but you know it was nice so <laughs> yeah you were t talking about your comic books and you plugged something in the first show <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't know if I called in or not. I was texting you guys on the night that Kamali played, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did, yeah. I didn't see it until later because I was focused I on I actually texted that Kamali should play La Kele 47. And I didn't mean on the ukulele. I meant, like, play a track like that. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it, it came across as, like, Phoebe, I don't know how to play that yet. <laughs> <'Cause Kamali laughs> like, what are you talking about, Phoebe? Let me play these songs that I know in these classes. Because I just think that uh, when I think of playing things on the radio, I think of playing songs um, that are recorded already. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I, I play a lot of um, songs that were recorded at Rainbow Gatherings here. And then, pe and then when people from Rainbow Gatherings record music, I try to play those too. But, you know, this is the special Phoebe episode. <laughs> you guys had a glorious jam that night, actually. Oh, oh man, you should have, we, uh, we had a lobster party, we dubbed it Lobster Day, and then afterwards we had, a, a, a Hannah, H Hannah Marie, Hannah Gladstone, came over, and we, like, really had, like, you know, off the air, had a great <laughs> session. Amazing musician. Oh my yeah. gosh, I know, I've been trying to get them on the show, <laughs> and they're, they're in Oakland, but they're so, you know, they're like, I don't want to bother them. <laughs> You know, but I'm like, I've asked, I've asked already, you know, so I'm like, but I would think it would be amazing, especially if, she, if they wanted to come on here and talk about their, um, the Black Banjo Reclamation Project and play some music. I mean, they said they might come on before, but then I like saw them in person and was like, come on, <laughs> but I don't want to be too pushy, but 
If for some yeah. reason, if Hannah Marie, Hannah Gladstone is listening, we really want you on the show. <laughs> you should totally please come on for a road trip, Hannah. Please, please, please play your music. You're amazing. Oh yeah, well thank you. I I the only time I've ever played any of my music is when Tanali um uh, was uh Kamali. Sorry, Tanali's the the guy that does the recordings. <laughs> Who I often play his their recordings um Sounds of the Rainbow. So I got their names Tanali and Kamali. But uh, yeah, the only time I did it was when Kamali um requested. Oh, look, we got a request for a song right now from Phoebe. Uh, I'm going to play uh, the gorillas. What's super organized right next? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna continue with Phoebe's choice playlist, the special Phoebe episode. Yeah. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Right now, that's the ball where we be trained. And if you're coming back to find me, you better have good aim. Shoot it true. I need you in the pictures while I'm calling you. Set myself and get back on track. That was the gorillas. We're going to play another song and then we'll be back with more of the Phoebe Xavier exclusive interview here at Mutiny Radio on the Always Free podcast. This is Sigrid Strangers. Mm-hmm. 
All right, that was uh, Sigrid, Strangers. And we're still doing an exclusive e- <laughs> interview with Phoebe Xavier. Phoebe, are you there? I think Phoebe is taking a break, but we'll be back momentarily. It says you're here. But we can't hear you. <laughs> Phoebe, come back. <laughs> Okay, so, well, we can play another song while we're waiting. Hmm. Oh, I know what it is. All right, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. (laughs) It was just a technical difficulty on my end. (laughs) It's all good. You're back. And there's no such thing as dead air here at Muni Radio. Unless we killed it. Hey, do I get to try out my new material? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so, yes, hit, hit right. us with some comedy. All right, so um, I do do the comedies a little bit. Um, <clears throat> all right, so uh, now that I'm back in a, a certain place and settled back in Philadelphia, I'm stable and I'm able to date again, so... I'm dating a pothole between 49th and 50th on Cedar. <laughs> Her name is Francesca. She's curvy in all the right places. <laughs> I'm not into public sex as much as she is. But with her, it's kind of a given because, you know, she's a pothole on a public street. <laughs> she also got me into other extreme sex stuff like gaping. But, uh... <laughs> It's not all about the sex, you know. My Francesca has depth. <laughs> and I was happy with her because it's a low maintenance relationship. But I went by recently, and the city has filled her in behind my back. And now she's even got a little bump to her. So I drive home a different way now, in case the baby's dead. <laughs> Hey, I'm still working on it, but it's fun to be able to tell a joke. Um, <laughs> all right, so here's this other one. This is a um, safe outlet for comedy and free speech. Exactly, right? We will joke workshop it on Monday. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not trying to brag, but Kamala Harris texts me like three times a day. <laughs> and, I, and I'm so broke. I just respond to thirst trap text. I want to bite her day somehow. <laughs> I get to Google what um, thirst trap was, but I thought I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's the newest material that I have on right now. Well, that's your new material. Give us some of your, uh, your hard hitters. You know, if you were going to do um, like a a hot five. Oh, what what, what would your what would your hot five be? So I will do some of my jokes, I guess. All right. So um, so I got a babe, <laughs> which is good, which is nice. Um, I took a I got an STI screening recently, and um, 
if you knew where this body has been, I, you'd be more surprised than me, uh, or as surprised as me, that I don't have, um, no, no, hepatitis, over three, over three on hepatitis, <laughs> um, no chlamydia, well, I had that before, but we got rid of it, um, no syphilis, um, no gonorrhea, um, and no AIDS, and, uh, I don't think we have even any of those, um, waffles or whatever the you know, extreme horrific ones are. But yeah, what what came back to me as a surprise is I tested positive for herpes, um, which I had never known because I don't have outward uh, cases of it. Like I don't have sores on my mouth or my genitals. Uh, it doesn't recur uh, sporadically as it's supposed to with people that have the herpes. Um, I got to think about and I have these rashes on my elbows that recur, both of my elbows, like scratching from the elbow halfway up my forearm, and it goes away and it comes back. And I was thinking, could my elbows have herpes? Um, it sounds like maybe like biologically impossible, but this is just a PSA for no one to smoke weed with or make out with my forearm. Um, I don't know if that'll be in my type five, but that's another one of the newer ones that I might have. Um, right, Most of the audience doesn't know your old ones. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Is it most of the listening audience doesn't even know your old ones? This is true. All right. <laughs> so, um, you know, they say that a guy who has a fancy brand new sports car is compensating for something. Uh, well, last week, this guy driving down the street with a beaten up, rusted out, uh, Plymouth K Reliant with one and a half flat tires, the windshield smattered, shattered, and uh, the muffler dragging along the road causing sparks and shit. I was like, that size kit must be huge. <laughs> so I saw this number. It was easy because of the podcast. <laughs> All right, so I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and she was telling me some of the weird shit that these heterosexual people do. And uh, apparently her and her boyfriend used to be 69, and while he's going down on her, he shoves one, two, three, four, five, a whole fifth into her vagina while he's licking her clitoris. And as if that's not enough, while she's going down on him, gobbling his penis, she forces her entire fist into his ass. And, and I'm like, at that point, it's got to be at least like a 73, right? <laughs> yeah, I had some jokes. Um, all right, so um, I was staying with a friend a few months ago, and I was returning to the building, and there was a small crowd develop, uh, developing in front of the entrance to the building. There's only a single gate to get in, and I saw that there's a squirrel climbing up the gate, and I was like, guys, 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 come down. That squirrel lives there. He just laid out of the seat. <laughs> Is that the same squirrel that was trying to make dinner reservations at your restaurant? <laughs> yeah, the one that jumped on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that. You know that squirrel. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I have any more jokes I remember that I used to tell. I um shit. Your portal yeah. jokes. 
Oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. I built that belt. Oh. I'm a fan. I know the good jokes. All right, I will try to tell the formal joke. I have been drinking, if you haven't noticed. Um, if I haven't been <laughs> I think so when we play the song, that's when I've been getting more beer. But all right, so um, I almost died the other day in a freak uh, robot uh, dragon attack, but fortunately there was a wizard standing by, and he opened a portal, and me and this random jumped through to safety, and I thanked the wizard, you know, it was very nice of him. And the person, the random that came through, fucked it all up. And he was like, hey, yeah, it's a good thing you opened up those portals. Like, with an F, portal. And I was like, do you even understand how a fucking portal works? There's a doorway through space and time that opens to two different places. There's just a single portal and two different places. <laughs> um, to better illustrate, like, what a portal is, a portal is like a vagina that is a doorway that simultaneously opens up to a woman's womb and a man's brain. <laughs> and if you can't fucking conjugate your words right, then maybe you deserve to die from a freak robot fucking dragon attack. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did not, I didn't have all of the parts of that one, but yeah, thank you for making me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I got the concept. <laughs> I think you know, I, I got to the end. It worked. Thank you. <laughs> Remember um, when, uh, oh, no, continue with your jokes. What is it? I was just thinking uh, when you were in the city and we were doing uh, comedy together when we did uh, Sinning and Grinning at that free food church on Julian. Yeah. And the flag was in the background, so you went. <laughs> what was the flag exactly? It was like the um oh, the, the um YPG flag. Yeah. 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 Did I have you... a joke about the YPG flag? No, but you talked about it. You talked about yeah. that. And then um later I I was going to uh grocery outlet bargain market and mm -hmm. I saw the guy that like uh volunteers there, one of the guys that volunteers there waving that flag just in the parking lot, like randomly. <laughs> it was oh. like he can't serve free food that day, but he's just waving it. Like this was during COVID that he was doing this? Yeah. Like, that? Oh, wow. Um, I mean it's, yeah. <laughs> the YPG is a um mostly female um, militia in Syria, they're Kurds, they're Kurdish women that fight both Turkey and ISIS. And, uh, or excuse me, my friend Dan went to Syria and was part of, like, there's an international force of mercenaries that shows up to train these women and work in concert with them in their efforts to both stop Turkey from encroaching into Syria and to stop the current um, or the last decade from the crisis. And so, yeah, my friend Dan went there, and that's why I knew the YPG flag. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a joke. It was more just a point of reference. You're like, you know what this flag is? <laughs> but I thought it was cool this, that this this uh, church on Julian that does um, a comedy show once a month or, like, in the before times, <laughs> you know, before COVID. Um, it, like they they're like an anarchist church. They have anarchy flags and like love flags and pride flags and Black Lives Matter signs, and they just like feed people. And it was also the only church that would take in um, 
AIDS patients in the 80s. And like like cremate them. They were the only ones that would cremate them because people didn't want to go around their bodies and they would uh, bury the ashes in the garden out front. Mm. Yeah, the AIDS garden. Holy but, shit, the garden where they hung out in front pot and drank beers in after yes, dinner? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, I don't, uh, that church. I think I did try, try that, to make a joke about uh, um, that night about the YBGs, and I mentioned that Dan had taken me to uh, an open mic in Tampa, and that I had made a joke like halfway through something about, like, um, my friend Dan in the audience has killed 13 people. And I just, like, let it. <laughs> I just let it like sit for a minute, and then I was like, "But they were part of ISIS, so it's cool." He's killing for us, man. <laughs> and it was like that USA. Too, like, I shot those bitches in the head. <laughs> Damn. Just <laughs> 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 All right, do you, do you got any more jokes? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. This is Roadblock. You got any jokes? <laughs> no, but you should tell me some of your new material. Some of my new material? Okay. You know, at the beginning of COVID, everybody was talking about how we need to stock up on toilet paper. Stock up on toilet paper. Stock up on toilet paper. We're going to run out, you know, and all the stores ran out. But nobody prepared me for how quickly I was going to go through batteries you know, because I'm lonely. <laughs> Got them back ordered on Amazon. But it's a really good time to uh, cut ties with a really clingy boyfriend. You know, it's like, hey, man, if you're not going to give me the 100 yards that the court recommended, you can give me the six feet that the CDC recommends at least. <laughs> kind of settling more into mass culture. It's kind of weird at first wearing a mask all the time. But then I realized that my boss can't smell my beer breath. <laughs> uh, or maybe he can, and that's why I lost my job. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I guess those are my my new COVID-related jokes. It's all good. That was hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got more like material I've been working on and stuff. I actually have a show... This Thursday in Pacifica, uh, an outdoor show. Got to bring your own mic. I was talking about it earlier. <laughs> I guess I can plug in my own stuff, right? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't consider this my show as much as I consider it our show for like Rainbow. But yeah, I do have a show coming up in Pacifica this Thursday, socially distant. If you're in the area, you want to come around? I got to bring my own microphone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've, I've I've actually written a, b a bunch more jokes um, since COVID started, but those are like the new, new, you know, like. <laughs> All right, yeah, I feel you. Um, also, I forgot to write uh, like an extended list of my jokes to perform tonight, and you just had the new ones I wanted to try out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we can talk about whatever. Hey, I got a set in today. It was like three minutes or something. Here tonight, yeah. Uh, I wrote a couple one-liners since you've been in town. Like, um, I don't know if I love lesbians or just the way they taste. Mm -hmm. I got invited to a dinner party. 
but it wasn't a dinner party. It was actually the Donner party. <laughs> I wasn't going to stay, but there was still free food. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm just wor working on more cannibalism jokes, you know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, both of us reminded me a little bit of um, my, um, I imagine if we were both a beaver and a lesbian, we would be constantly terrified. <laughs> and or around. Yeah. <laughs> More Phoebe classics. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit. We have 20 more minutes coming up, right? Uh, Come yeah. Pretty Let's much play that. the other song, the second to last song. Okay. Or for more, please, my hostess. So this is. Uh, AJR, Bummerland. Yeah, AJR is a lot of fun, and this is a new song that is specifically like COVID, um, talking about being cooped up in COVID. I'm trying to get it to load. It's uh, being difficult right now. <laughs> I really like um, AJR, though. We should look up more of their songs. It's not wanting to load. Um, YouTube is really weird here, because... Uh, yeah. Oh, that could be on Spotify, too, if you can load through Spotify. Oh, uh, yeah, I can try. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> and I will, um, I, I was going to entertainingly pick my nose, but you guys can't see that at home. And I could think of some more of my jokes. One more I stuff that I had. Oh, I have some cannibalism stories. Um, so, this is old. Yeah, let's know, stay on topic. <laughs> every fight is a food fight, and they're cannibal. But I'm like, that's not true. I mean, what if we were wrestling on a TV show? I mean, this scenario, I'm a cannibal. But what kind of monster would eat on a TV show? Sorry, sorry. You know the band, the Black Keys? Yeah. Do you think that they call themselves that because they want to finger minors? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I forgot. I wrote oh. that one joke, too. <laughs> You know the song Move Bitch Get Out of the Way by Ludacris? Yeah, oh yeah. Do you yeah. think that's just a cautionary tale about how bad the traffic in Atlanta is? It can't be. I mean, we wisely choose that. Um, I started a whole bunch of material about DMX um, and about how he's just looking for his dogs and he's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that one? <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. And, and like that when somebody shows up at his house with the bitches, he's like excited because he thinks it's a dog. It's like, no, it's just these hoes. So I got the song loaded up now. Word, so AJR, it. Bummerland, and we'll be back after this uh, brief jam.
with our guest, BB Xavier, and that was Bummerland by AJR. What does AJR stand for? Um, uh, Adam, Jason, Ryan, I think. It's the three names of the guys. Oh. I, I might have, like, messed up for perhaps what the specific name is, but it's their names of what it is. Yeah, we've been listening to a handpicked playlist by BB Xavier herself. <laughs> yeah, I do DJ. I've I've been into DJ parties and stuff. Um, produce the occasional hip hop beat. I made a um a post vaporwave album that is still available on uh, Bandcamp. Oh, really? We could play some yeah. of it. Or uh, well, you, you don't. No, we don't not. have enough time. <laughs> um, it's called Stethra's Brooding, though. If you ever want to look it up. Um, what is it called again? Stethra, like S E C H R A apostrophe S. Stethra's Brooding. Like I'm a brooding bitch. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I was like doing a cat growl. How, have do you have any recordings of your um of your rap days? Anywhere? Um, well, there's like an old folder that has most of my albums. But there's um, nothing online that the audience could uh find. I think there could be YouTube videos still of my uh, some of my videos or songs, but I don't think there's nowhere to buy them right now. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just showcasing the many talents of BB Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> Comedian, rapper, writer. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. Don't Rainbow start. sister. But um, the as a rapper, I haven't performed in two years. Uh, about 2018 in Orlando is the last time I did a show. And also moving forward, if I do do any more musical performances, I'm not performing as Professor Anarchy anymore. My rap name has been for a couple months and will be moving forward. Tara Kilzik. It'll be what? Tara Kilzik. Kara. Kilgrave. Kilgrave. Grave. Grave. Kara Kilgrave. I'm going to type it to you on Facebook. Grave with the B's, well. That's how excited the. Um... AJR was to hear about that. They just wanted to <laughs> pipe in again and be like, hey, that's cool. Yeah, no. It's, um, there's three brothers in that band, though. They're pretty awesome. Um, I like a number of their tunes. Tara Kilgrave, like Purple Girl from Marvel fucking Universe. I don't know. I'm a comic book nerd a little bit more than you in that regard, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I'm sure. <laughs> it's not hard to be a bigger comic book nerd than me. <laughs> I think I'm a and like you know you um, write comic books <laughs> so there's no yeah. contest there <laughs> but yeah, what, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween oh, I'm not going to go out for Halloween I'll probably be at work well you're not going to dress up at work alright so I have like ladybug um, thigh highs that I kind of like right now maybe I could build something around that <laughs> I just thought I'd stay on topic with the seasons. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I should pick a character and cosplay out of my own comic book. That's what I should do. For yeah. Then when people ask you, you can plug in your comic book. It's perfect. 
Well, uh, I do. I'm wearing the T-shirt right now as my back patch. So I tore apart one of the T-shirts I had for promotion for this book and made it my back patch, and I wear it at work. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a meta approach. Self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> what we have to do nowadays. So, uh, during this COVID season, wh what was like one of the, what was one thing that you, that you did that you're proud of during this time when we can't do other things? Mm, I don't know. I mean, so much of what I do is done remotely through the internet anyway. Like, I'm in contact with artists that are tens of thousands of miles away to draw my comic books. So... Oh, a huge part of what I tried to do went off without a hitch as normal. I, I kind of... Ah, business as usual. Sure, <laughs> I wanted to make sure other people were taking it seriously. Like, hey, if you're in fucking Argentina or you're in fucking Thailand, this shit is still real and put a fucking mask on. Yeah. And I do work with people like that far away. And so, yeah. So... Addressing it as a global pandemic and not just a local thing is real. Exactly. So that's why people need to go to this Kickstarter and pay these people. Because <laughs> yeah. it's COVID and they need some money for their art. <laughs> and in there return, you get COVID some beautiful comic books. In South America and pay them to not have COVID. I don't yeah. know if that logic, but do it. <laughs> <laughs> pay them for not having COVID. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's like a hard time for everybody. Everyone can use some uh, money in their pockets and 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 we will also send you beautiful comic book work it's not like we're just asking you to give us free money this is goods and uh exchanges uh, what is it capitalism thing <laughs> yeah paying artists for, for their work you know yeah. in, in exchange for entertainment that's all we're really promoting here um I'll also give it out for free probably later on. You'll find PDD and like, hey, I'll give you a free PDF of this shit in a year or two. For now, pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I'm very happy to give out most of my stuff if I created the story. I do need money to live. I do need to buy food and stuff. Pay for gas and vehicles or whatever. But um, if I created something and I have a digital copy and my own work, I'm going to give it to a friend of mine for free. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I created it for people to enjoy, not not just for me to covet it and give it out only for a quarter. Yeah, quarter we still still need the donations for the for the production. <laughs> yeah, give me all your money right now, all your money. <laughs> give Phoebe Xavier all your money. <laughs> this is an always free podcast. Give we don't me, need the. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey I forgot I was what I, I'm gonna bring up yeah what was our um our group branding name as we would walk through the streets of San Francisco together? white bitches white bitches <laughs> making my way downtown to open mics drinking open mics our lemonade <laughs> yes <laughs> what was I that like? That was, oh, what was the crackhead that? thing? It was like I, get out the get out my face with your crackhead nonsense. <laughs> yeah, get yeah, get out my face with that crackhead nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Also, you know Red's place that uh that uh that yeah. that bar in Chinatown we did an open mic at. That was awesome. I just open yeah, it, it died. That that mic, mic died. <laughs> I know, but it was the best mic ever. There was a there was a one time where they had a gorilla mic outside at the same time they had a mic inside, so everyone <laughs> last on the list got to go outside, and everyone first on the list got to go inside. And it, I was like, cool, I get two sets in one bar. This is great. And uh, great I just drove by uh, through Chinatown from the first time since all this, like, uh, you know, since shelter in place. And they built, like, a parklet. And those same, you know, regulars that were always there were still <laughs> sitting there. And I'm like, well, I'm glad they get to do something. <laughs> Nothing has changed in, in 15 months at Red in Chinatown. Oh, man, I can't wait until this COVID thing's lifted or we have a vaccine or something so I can go on a comedy tour and go on Rainbow Tour. <laughs> like, that's what I was going to do. I was just going to, like, hit hit all these shows. I had shows lined up on the way to Idaho. Dang, you know, I'm sure we all have some regrets. Idaho already happened. I heard next year is New Mexico. Oh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that um, those were my plans. I had like these, I was going to go on a comedy tour and I had these shows oh, lined yeah. up on the way to Idaho, but you know, then the I world remember. ended and now we're rebuilding or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I, tell, can I tell people the origin of the white bitches doing white bitch shit? Oh, yeah, sure. So when I stayed with Roach in San Francisco to, um, or when we've done comedy, walking around San Francisco, so we'll go to different neighborhoods and then have to walk back to her place. And sometimes we're walking through the Tenderloin and like the maybe as pretty as time of night. And so we'll be walking down a block where drugs are being done and people are being shady. So when we walked in front of this one, this one set of people treat people that I was just like, and I am a street person and have been a street person, but I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be a part of the business, and I was just like, hey, we're just some white bitches, do a white bitch shit, leave us alone, and like, walk past them, and so it just became a little refrain that I did, like, white bitches, do a white bitch shit, <laughs> and then <laughs> the people repeated back, yeah, white bitches, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was one night where, like, we couldn't walk out of a store because, like, two ladies were standing there trying to, like, exchange their change in front of us to pay for whatever they were going to pay for. But, like, we just needed to leave the store. And that's when I added the, like, the extra point of, like, get on my face and kick back in my face. Get on my face and kick back in my face. <laughs> and it was, it was a really good little, like, 10 to 15 seconds in tone that me and Rich had. Yeah. Man, I wish I stepped in dog shit just now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, how's Mister doing? Uh, yeah. Speaking of dog shit, he's you know so much better. Okay, cool. No, it was <laughs> someone's like um Sean, who's on the sh this show up next, which is a uh, bug house square. He's like, I got a bag because I was like. <laughs> I wish what I stepped in was dog shit. I was just talking about the tender. <laughs> um, I, okay, so I want to ask you a rainbow question. Okay. And uh, since I'm a big fan of your culinary experiences and we both love to cook in the woods, what's one of your favorite meals that you made in the woods? Oh, 
Um, all right. So do, do you remember Ducky? Uh, you know, I know so many duckies. <laughs> the, uh... Ducky from Montana that was uh, like sort of a drama movie for a year or two. After oh, Montana. yeah. Ducky, Ducky. Yeah. Wheelchair. Yeah. She was in a wheelchair in Montana. And then, yeah. So Ducky and I came up with these doozies that was like we're making bacon and Snickers doozies and then like pickle and chocolate chip cookie dough doozies. And we just had a really good doozie night that I incorporated parts of that movie movie for, like, the next five years of me doing Kitchens in Rainbow. And um, just because of how bad deep-fried food is, I mostly don't do it anymore. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but it is the most delicious shit. And it became a random thing. Like, so it would be like, hey, Phoebe's doing this doozy movie, and you would bite into it. But you wouldn't know if you were getting, like, cheddar cheese in a Snickers bar or, like, jalapeno and chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> And so, yeah. Surprise! That was, my, that was one of my favorite uh, things to cook at Rainbow. All right, so we got five minutes left, and you wanted to play this song, so um, uh, we should you, you should uh tell us again oh, about your watch. Kickstarter, plug in the things you want to plug in. Okay, I got you. So, um, Thirteenth Moon Halloween Anthology is what you should go look up on Kickstarter right now. Send us a dollar, buy the book for thirteen dollars, whatever you feel like doing. The last song is OMG slash Oh My God by Carly Rae Jepsen because I believe it's a sin to ever appear on any radio show or podcast or whatever and not play Carly Rae Jepsen. Thank you for having me, Roach. I love you. Thank you for coming. I love you, too, and it was so nice to hear from you, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again. Here's the Griffin Carly Rae Jepsen, OMG.
Hatter. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshops, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. 
What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing. Despite of their size, please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio GoFundMe and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian and we brought you fascistness with Mussolini and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it. And don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I 
am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on... Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full Welcome to LWAFLM, L <coughs> Carl. Yes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-T-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to LWA concerning cough during a pandemic, F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Better known as Let's Watch a Full Lace Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Sorry, Hi. I coughed a little yeah, I know. I just caught a computer virus. Thanks. It's COVID-21. You got the cookie monster virus. COVID-21. Oh, yes. Okay. God bless. I'm in talks with Michael Bay to make that movie. Welcome to the show. Let's look at the movies. 
We are called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, but we go by the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to follow our Twitter account if you want the 30 that does. And then we have a great YouTube channel uh, curated by Carl. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're also on YouTube as Let's Watch uh, on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. With Spiegelman and Carl, we also stream first on MutinyRadio.fm, uh, which we really love, and we would yeah. love for you guys to go ahead and donate. Go to Venmo and go donate some money to the radio station at Muni Radio, and uh, that would help us out considerably. But we are on every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern, so you can hear our show first. What we do is we play, we talk over a movie and you watch the movie on youtube and listen to the podcast and we've been doing this for about four or five years yeah. have over 400 episodes all available on mutinyradio.fm and the podcast archives just look for an acronym with a concerning cough in it and then <laughs> see a list we actually have a list we did this last year you know we have done every week movie a couple of weeks we skipped a couple of weeks we did not and uh we uh want to just take a year review uh, the way our show works is that I've always read about these movies uh, growing up, but you never had an opportunity to see these weird movies. And now they're all on YouTube, so we get to see it. So unlike other movie shows, we just talk over the movie, which is like <laughs> other movie shows. So, uh, but Carl does a lot of research on these movies, and he has a lot of information about it. And uh, a lot of the hard work is through Carl to make this happen. Anyway, we have a lot of movies this year. Carl, do you have any films that just stand out this year? Anything? anything noticeable about the films we watched there are many films that stand out but there's too many for me to make a top 10 list so i just sort of did them all well you know what we can do is we started off the year with one of our most pop winds up being one of our most popular videos on youtube yeah. it's the 1984 film they're playing with fire right. it's an entire sentence for a movie title uh and that had uh 28.7 thousand uh, views also, our synced up podcast with the movie. So, uh, that's a it's a great film. I really like that. Sybil Danning and yeah. uh, some terrible kid uh, run amok in their, yeah, uh, their husband's Brown boat. Is, it was a terrible kid, and they didn't have any chemistry. You know, they didn't uh, they 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 didn't like each other off screen, and you, it really showed. Yeah, I agree with you. She really seemed like she was ready to make a movie, and he was not into it. No, uh, one of our favorite. So that's, you can find us, these movies are not listed with the titles. So when you do go to miniradio.fm uh, uh, and then go to podcast archives and go to LWF, uh, our, our thing, uh, you will see that they're just by dates. So this is just considered a guide. So we just mentioned January 5th. January 12th, we did a movie directed by Larry Hagman, Beware yeah. Blob. Beware the Blob. That was all Hagman. 1972 Hagman, so he was in between uh, television epics. Right. It's the only movie he ever directed, and basically it was a bunch of his neighbors. Like Murgis Meredith, Meredith. Yeah, but Del Close, the godfather of improv. Do you, do you remember the comedian who passed away who was on it? Chester Haggis. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, it's a, it's a, it was good. I like it. it. Was kind of a parody of a kind of comedy, like improv comedy about horror movies. 
Well, I mean, it was the blob. I mean, it was a legit movie with a plot and everything and main characters. It was just a lot of fun. Do you remember Shirley was in it? <laughs> she was the hippie Cindy Williams. Yes, have you seen the Williams in it? She was great. Not the first time we've seen a movie with her. Right. Uh, she was in Ghasts. Right. Uh, the right. Roger Corman movie. Well, so we right. recommend you wear the blob, and that is January 12th. All right. January 19th, we did Lost Angels, starring that BC boy who acted in the movie Lost Angels from 1989. Adam Horowitz. Adam Horowitz, yes. Uh, and he, he was like a... a rich kid or was he just like a kid he was like a, a um, upper middle class but do, do you remember why we did that movie mike yes i do uh the bc boys had written the memoirs yeah i remember like bc book and adam harwood says whatever you do do not watch this movie i'm embarrassed by <laughs> and it so you said we must immediately watch this movie absolutely so i fell for it and we watched it and you know, I actually agree with Adam Harwood. No, it's it's fine. Yeah. I remember the movie when it came out. Pauly Shore was in it. Pauly Shore was in the institution. He was kid number three. Yeah, and that that helped launch his career. So we we appreciate you, Adam Horowitz. Okay, one last thing. Let me just say about this film. It, the director went on to be a for real director. I mean, he did Chariots of Fire and Greystoke. You know, Lord of Apes. Tarzan movie essentially and also Donald Sutherland was in it but he's no slouch even then well he's he's a prolific actor to put it mildly he'll, he's in everything so it didn't surprise me but yeah he, he held it you know one of the nice things that happened in 2020 was that the public domain laws were re uh, finally reinstated right. after 20 year hiatus and right. movies went into the public domain and one of the nice things we can do every January is to take a new movie that is in the public domain and watch it. 